Good morning. Today is Easter Sunday, April the 8th, 2012, with the First United Methodist Church of Fountain Valley, California, through the Bible Sunday School class. We've been in the book of Ezekiel. We'll be in Ezekiel 18 today. Father, we thank you for this blessed day, the day above all days. Although we love Christmas when the baby's born in the manger, we love Easter the best when the Christ was resurrected. The only one that could make a way for us by doing for us what no other could do. And as we're here in the book of Ezekiel, we see the foreshadowing of Christ through all your law and prophets, Lord. All leading us as glorious tutor to our one and only true Christ. We love him. We honor him. We ask that the Spirit would be with us today, opening the book of Ezekiel to us, writing it on our hearts, which Ezekiel saw the best. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Dr. Creasy says on every page in every book. In every page in every book. Yes. Yeah. Now, I went through chapter 17 a little quick last week, but it was more about a vine, and I have been amazed at how much the good and the bad vines are discussed, so that by the time we get to John 15... Jesus is calling out all this. They, this has been in all their scriptures mm-hmm. about the vine. But I, I went to Good Friday service um, at Trinity Presbyterian this week, which is right uh, by my office. And, um, <clears throat> and, and their Good Friday service was very amazing, but they took the passion out of the book of Luke. And you may not have remembered this verse, but it's the end of Ezekiel. Where Jesus says, see if I can find it again. Found it in the car. It's at uh, Luke 23, verse, uh, well, verse 29 might be a good place to start. He's um, Simon the Cyrene has already been conscripted to help carry the cross. And then all the women were following, mourning and lamenting. And Jesus says to them, daughters of Jerusalem at 28, don't weep for me, but weep for yourselves and your children. For behold, the days are coming when they will say, blessed are the barren and the wombs that never bore and the breasts that never nursed. Then they will begin to say to the mountains, fall on us and to the hills, cover us. For if they do these things when the wood is green, what will happen when it is dry? So, not the most well-remembered or discussed of Jesus' words, is it? If they do this when the wood is green, what will happen when it is dry? So then, keeping your hand there and back to Ezekiel where we ended chapter 17, when we talk about this plant of the Lord, and we talked about the righteous branch, this noble cedar, And under it will dwell every kind of bird, at verse 23, in the shade of its branches, every sort will nest. And we have Jesus over Jerusalem, how I would have gathered you under my wings. Remember that? Yeah. Here's this this noble cedar with this resting place. And all the trees of the field shall know that I am the Lord, which is the main theme of Ezekiel, as we know, that they may know that I am the Lord. I will bring low the high tree and make high the low tree. Now we hear Isaiah, every valley exalted and hill made low. Okay. And 
I will dry up the green tree and make the dry tree flourish. Now, it's amazing that Jesus can be in so much pain and agony and actually be drawing something out of Ezekiel. Okay? But I, you know, uh, if they do these things when the wood is green, what will happen when it is dry? What Jesus is trying to tell them is there are some very serious days ahead of them. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got the fall of Jerusalem, which was very uh, brutal. Um my daughter's reading this, I think it's a trilogy, which I've already read, but I forget the names Francine Rivers wrote. And it all takes place at the fall of Jerusalem. And it features the story of this Ooh. slave girl, Hadassah, who uh, is captured and turned to a slave, a Jewish believer. But um, Elizabeth was telling me, um, I saw her this week, how the book is so violent. And she ends up being taken to Rome where she becomes a slave in a household and then it's all her interaction with this family who she ultimately brings all these Romans to the Lord. She even has a little, uh, her uh, woman that she served, daughter of this family, actually betrayed her at one point and she's in the uh, arena with the lions. She's mauled but lives through it, greatly disfigured. But it's a great story about her faith then she gets an amazing healing ministry. I have to get the names of the three books. Francine Rivers. Yeah, I'm sure you could I look it up at Amazon. Yeah. Francine mm -hmm. Rivers. She wrote Redeeming Love, and then yeah. she wrote yeah. this book. It's She's one of those authors that studies the true historicity of a period and then writes a novel with the true setting. And Elizabeth said, Mom, I have to stop it. It's brutal, brutal, brutal. I said, it is. And the Roman Empire was a brutal place. Yeah. You see how brutal Christ's crucifixion was. Well, when they captured Jerusalem, it was horrible what they did. And um, when, they, uh, when it was uh, you know, put down and it took slaves, those that lived, I think there were more crucifixions. And they always lied. lied. Yeah. yeah. And... Um, yeah. Crucifixion is one of the most brutal deaths. The Romans used yeah. it all the time. That's why they used it, because yeah. it was so brutal. Just put people to sleep, you know, whatever. But um, that Jesus calls out, if they do these things when the wood is green, what will happen when it's dry? Because a day is coming when it will be dry. But out of the dryness will also come that of the barren one, single barren one, you who did not bear, Isaiah says. The... Uh, the days were coming that even though the green tree is gone and it's the dry tree, the dry tree shall also flourish. And it's that old dry thing that the Lord can by his spirit raise up, the valley of the dead bones, the dry tree, the barren one who hasn't born, the desert that will bring forth springs. That's what the whole of scripture teaches us about when it can't come, God makes it come. You can't have springs in a desert. God does that. You can't get anything out of a dry tree. God does that. You can't get anything out of a barren womb. God does that. And we have that in so many places. We have barren Sarah, wife of Abraham. Barren Rachel, wife of Isaac. Many, many barren women. We have mother of Samuel. Hannah, barren women, bearing. It's not an accident. Until we get to the woman that was a virgin that shouldn't bear, and mm -hmm. she bears. Okay? 
So the, the meaning here is very deep, and I'm sure the passerbys couldn't quite get it. The, the green tree, the dry tree, the barren womb, the one whose breasts have never nursed. What is he talking about? What is he talking about? Well, hard times are coming, and by the Spirit of God will you survive and flourish. So whenever, you know, hard days are coming. So, anyways, interesting that that passage, I went, oh my gosh, where have I seen that before? As I'm sitting in the service mm -hmm. about the green and the, and the dry tree. And actually here, you know, there is some reference in my Bible to Ezekiel at the bottom here. They said Ezekiel 20, verse 47. Well, we haven't gotten to 20. Let's see what 47 says. Um, Behold, I will kindle a fire in you, and it shall devour every green tree in you and every dry tree. Yeah. So, <clears throat> that was the end of 17, so I thought I might just mention that, that when the Lord does a work, that's why he delights in using the poor, the weak, the unproductive, the, the part, the people who should not be my people will be my people. So I was listening to the sermon, I listened to it almost twice by John Piper, and he's talking about how Jesus said, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. So he said, there's none of your serving that will do anything for your relationship to God. We don't serve for that reason, because, because he's the one serving us. Okay, But he talked about how he said he was obviously speaking at a university because he said I used I was a professor here for so many years, he said. And I remember he said every year the talent scouts would come. And everybody that's gone to college, you know, the big corporations send the scouts and there's a job fair day and they want to scrape the cream of the seniors off the top and offer them jobs. And um, and he said, you know, with their help they plan to flourish. And he said, that's the way mammon does it. The Lord calls prostitutes and sinners. He said, Jesus doesn't have a, a, a um, help wanted sign. He has a help available sign. <laughs> because it's all about him serving us. And so he can take that which is of low value from God's stand, from world standard and turn it into something valuable. He can take a dry tree. He can take a barren womb. See? So that's a big teaching in the scripture. I don't have anything. Good. Now you're a good candidate for my kingdom. And you even know it. That's the best part of all. Yeah. That you know. You are a dry tree. You are a dead bone that has been brought back to life. Chapter 18. The word of the Lord came to me, what do you mean by repeating this proverb concerning the land of Israel? The fathers have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. As I live, declares the Lord God, this proverb shall no more be used by you in Israel. Behold, all souls are mine. The soul of the father as well as the soul of the son is mine. The soul who sins shall die. Now, <clears throat> This has been heard by you before as well, because the Lord said the same thing to Jeremiah in chapter 31. <clears throat> 31 is a really long chapter in Jeremiah, but it, it um, let's see, 
It's at verse 29, Jeremiah. Well, let's start at 28. And it shall come to pass that as I have watched over them to pluck up and break down, to overthrow, destroy, and bring harm, so I will watch over them to build and to plant, declares the Lord. The prophets all said the same thing, didn't they? In those days they shall no longer say, The fathers have eaten sour grapes, and the children's teeth are set on edge. But everyone shall die for his own sin. Each man who eats sour grapes, his teeth shall be on edge. Now it's interesting that the sour grapes has continued to us this day. People use it all the time. Oh, it's just sour grapes. Yeah, I say, oh, you're a Jeremiah and Ezekiel person. I didn't know that. Interesting. <laughs> what other Bible passages do you know? <laughs> but basically what they're saying there is everyone responsible for their own sin. Because deep-rooted in Judaism and in, the, in, in how their belief system was, was that people paid for the sins of their parents because iniquities are passed down. But the Lord is really the one that breaks that. And you can see that that whole thing is still with them when you get to John chapter 9 in the New Testament. And I know you know this passage well. When we were in John last, or in Ezekiel, we did discuss this. John 9, verse 1. And as he passed by, Jesus, he saw a blind man, a man blind from birth. And his <laughs> disciples said, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Did the fathers eat sour grapes, and is this man's teeth set on edge? See what I'm saying? That's what the whole thing about. And Jesus said, it was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. One other thing about religious people is everything's in a box. Okay? They know why everything is the way it is. Yeah. Love that part about religion. How did you learn so much? Okay? Because for me, the more I learn, the less I understand about why some things are the way they are. Okay? So, <clears throat> you see that that thinking is still with them. And it was a proverb in the day of Ezekiel. And the Lord said to Ezekiel, Knock this proverb out. Every soul is mine. Isn't that a happy thought? The souls are his. Yeah. My soul is Christ's. Okay. So, <clears throat> if a man is righteous, and it also says, remember when Jesus said there isn't any idle word that people won't have to answer for? This is an idle word. This is a stupid proverb, he said. If a man is righteous and does what is just and right, if he does not eat upon the mountains or lift up his eyes to the idols of the house of Israel, does not defile his neighbor's wife or approach a woman in her time of menstrual impurity, does not oppress anyone, but restores to the debtor his pledge, commits no robbery, gives his bread to the hungry, and covers the naked with a garment, does not lend at interest or take any profit, withholds his hand from injustice, executes true justice between man and man, walks in my statutes and keeps my rules by acting faithfully. He is righteous. Now that's a very long list, but it does give you an understanding of what the Lord thinks a righteous person is. 
Remember in Micah, I have shown thee, O man, uh, what is good and what the Lord requires of thee, to love justice and mercy and walk humbly with your God. You remember that passage? Written songs about it. Well, nobody can do all this by themselves. This is too long a list. Remember the young man said, I've obeyed the law from my youth. And Jesus says, well, sell everything you have and give it to the poor. I love money. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Can't do that, Lord. Okay. Gives his bread to the hungry and covers the naked with a garment. Six through ten. Thank you. I'm lost. So, now this list he will repeat. And remember, whenever the Lord repeats, it's important. Okay, so here he just said that, but you think he's done? No, we're going to have it a few verses later, the same laundry list of righteousness, okay? <clears throat> if he fathers a son who is violent, a shedder of blood, who does any of these things, though he himself didn't do them, who even eats upon the mountains, defiles his neighbor's wife, oppresses the poor and needy, Lord, we got the list, no, listen yeah. to it again, <laughs> commits robbery, does not restore the pledge, lifts up his eyes to the idols, commits abomination, lends at interest, and takes profit, then he shall, then shall he live? He shall not live. He has done all these abominations, he shall surely die, his blood shall be set upon himself. So, the one that does these things is righteous, I notice it, and the one that doesn't do it, I'm also righteous, is, I'm, I see as unrighteous, and if the righteous father bears an unrighteous son, I see them distinctly. See? Very important. So this is a stupid proverb. Forget that proverb. Okay? Now, suppose this man fathers a son who sees all the sins that his father has done. Let's reverse it now. Okay? He sees and does not do likewise. So we now have righteous son and unrighteous father instead of the reverse. He does not eat upon the mountains or lift up his eyes to the idols of the house of Israel. We got the list. No, listen to it again. Does not defile his neighbor's wife. Does not oppress anyone. Exacts no pledge. Commits no robbery. But gives his bread to the hungry. And covers the naked with a garment. Withholds his hand from iniquity. Takes no interest or profit. Obeys my rules. And walks in my statutes. I think that's a huge one. Because some people say, I do all that other stuff. Mm -hmm. Do you obey his rules and walk in his statutes? No, I don't acknowledge him as God. Well, I think you, you didn't make the list. Okay. Um, uh, he shall surely live. Walks in my sense. He shall not die for his father's iniquity. So, his teeth will not be set on edge because father is sour grapes. Okay. And of course, where's the whole imagery of the grapes? The sour grape from the vine that didn't produce right. Didn't produce good fruit, which Jesus brings up in John at great length. That I, you know, you are to bear fruit and your fruit shall remain, not sour grapes. So, as for his father, because he practiced extortion, robbed his brother, and did what is not good among his people, behold, he shall die for his iniquity. Now, for the one that does all these things and is still seeking me, that's why I love the story in Acts about Cornelius and his household. Because he didn't have fullness of understanding of who God was and Christ Messiah. But he was sure trying to do all this. And the Lord said, you know what, I'm going to complete you, Cornelius. And I'm sending a man to you. I'm sending a man that's wrestling with his religion right now. Who says, Lord, I have never eaten any wild thing. 
why are you giving me this vision with all this non-Jewish food in the, in the sheet? Because you're going to Cornelius' house, okay? Because he's praying, and I see him, and I see his righteousness. The scripture is full of how just God is. The part that people misinterpret is good people won't suffer. But the Bible is full of good people suffering. Yeah, I have a, a, a new employee, and uh, she's uh, Chinese, and she went with us to Good Friday service. But this is a big stumbling block. Why good people suffer? Mm -hmm. Good people should not suffer. I think that must be deep in maybe Eastern religions. I'm not sure. But I think Christians stumble over that. Yeah, and any time you're suffering, look to the one who suffered more than any other, and you have never suffered to the point of blood, striving against sin, Hebrews says. So, no, I expect to suffer. I do. That's, to me, what this book lays out. But I don't expect to suffer for my sins. Yeah. Because Christ has covered my sin. And when I do sin... I have a place to go, First John tells me, and I can get my feet washed again. I don't need my whole body washed. He already did that for me. Okay, So this is huge for you know them to lay down because they were so messed up in their theology, so messed up. Yet you say, verse 19, why should not the son suffer for the iniquity of the father? When the son has done what is just and right and has been careful to observe all my statutes, he shall surely live. The soul who sins shall die. The son shall not suffer for the iniquity of the father, nor the father suffer for the iniquity of the son. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon himself, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon himself. This is a huge passage. Remember this passage when you're dealing with a sinner who doesn't understand. Yeah. And say, this is way before we ever got to Jesus. The truth is in the Old Testament about this. But if a wicked person turns away from all his sins that he has committed and keeps all my statutes and does what is just and right, he shall surely live, he shall not die. None of the transgressions that he has committed shall be remembered against him. For the righteousness that he has done, he shall live. Have I any pleasure in the death of the wicked, declares the Lord God, and not rather that he should turn from his way and live? Now underline that one. I just don't understand a God who would send people to hell. Please. Yeah. FAQ number 334. Okay. <laughs> I have an answer to that one out of Ezekiel. And it's the Lord saying and requiring us to answer. Have I any pleasure in the death of the wicked? My pleasure is when the wicked turns and lives. The Father, many rejoicing in, much rejoicing in heaven over that one who was lost, that I go after the one and I leave the 99 and say, just pasture right here, I'll be right back. That's the God we serve. That is the lion twisting evil one who puts that crap out there about who God is. No, he has no pleasure. It causes him pain. Okay. When a soul chooses death, choose this day, Moses said. Elijah, 
choose this day. How long do you stand in the valley of indecision as they're ready, as they, you know, they're cutting and slashing themselves that they all would consume the sacrifice. And Samuel says, could you guys take all those vats of water, please pour it all over this. Because, you know, sacrifice burns butter when it's completely doused in water. Are you making a point here? Yes. Is this like the green tree and the dry tree? Yes. Yes. I can take something that should not be able to be uh, set on fire, and I can make it go on fire. Because God can make water fire. Yes. Okay. But when a righteous person turns away from his righteousness and does injustice and does the same abominations that the wicked person does, shall he live? Hebrews tells us it's serious when you've tasted of the good things and you turn away. None of the righteous deeds that he has done shall be remembered for the treachery of which he is guilty and the sin he has committed for them he shall die. Yet, you say, the way of the Lord is not just. Who are we to say, God is not just? Well, I had gone to uh, the passages on God's justice, and we could have an entire study on the justice of God. And, you, and a lot of it's in the Psalms, about he is a judge who judges with equity. So, I see we are at our closing time. And, um, Murray, would you close us in prayer this morning? Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this uh, brief scripture lesson uh, that, that, that shows us that, that you are just. And, Lord, we thank you, Father, that, that, uh, we, that we have uh, explanations in, in, throughout your word of, uh, of your plan for your salvation as well as your condemnation. We ask you now to uh, go with us during this uh, this sunrise or this this uh, rejoicing resurrection service. We ask that you would be with the choir and be with the, the minister with Anthony this morning, that he would be uh, confident of what he was to say and what you have for this congregation this morning. We ask this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 We're going to pick up that thing next Sunday. Anthony said he's never been more nervous. Anthony said he's never been more nervous. I'm sorry, right? He said he's pretty I'm not sure why, but he just... You have been listening to Bible Study Verse by Verse with Vicki Mulak. For more of these podcasts and some resources, please go to our website at www.biblestudy.com vbv.org org that's www.biblestudy v is in victor b is in boy v is in victor the vbv stands for verse by verse .org org there you can register and contact us or just leave a comment we welcome your feedback Thank you. This is George Mulek.